Um, Bonnie has worked really hard to make folks aware of the challenges involved with, with being a person who has hearing loss. Um, you know, she's worn hearing aids herself for many, many years. And it's great to know that, that folks like you are, are learning a lot from her, her questions and presentations. Um, I've learned a lot from her working with her. Uh, my name is Debbie Jones. I'm the technology manager here at the Northern Virginia Resource Center for Deaf and Hard of Hearing Persons, which is why we usually just use the acronym NVRC. <clears throat> um, I have been working here since 1995. Uh, not all that time was with the technology programs, but I have certainly learned a lot from uh, working with the community and uh, finding out, learning about all the bells and gadgets that are out there that really can help folks dealing with hearing loss stay in touch and stay connected with their communities, their families uh, at work, whatever the situation is. Because when we do start to lose our hearing, it gets challenging. Um, most of us, for most of us, it's a slow process. Uh, it's a gradual process that sometimes we don't even realize it's happening. We're just slowly turning the volume up on the TV more and more until the family starts to say, whoa, Edgar, let's turn that down a bit. Um, hey, Jane, you're talking really loud. I can hear you just fine. Um, and so there are, you know, sometimes the people around us notice it before we do. Um, but of course, there are also folks for whom this is an overnight process. Um, and so hearing loss can strike, can happen, pop up in your life at any age, at any time. Um, and that's why there are programs out there to help folks access the kinds of technologies that will help keep them connected. I love it. Um, well, that, that, that's great, Debbie. And um, I'm really excited for you to dive into your, your topic. What I'm going to do is duck behind the curtain, and um, I want to remind everybody that you can type in uh, your questions at any point during this discussion. Um, the, uh, in fact, I, I, it's not a question, but Robert Colson said, "Great job using live transcript." I'm listening to feedback. The, um, yeah, if you don't know, you can access. The, uh, the transcript, you, you can turn it off if you like as well, but um, it's there uh, for you, uh, for your benefit. Um, so Debbie, uh, I'll let you take it away. I think you may have some slides to share. And then if you wanna just check in periodically, I'll let you know if there's any questions that have come up. Sounds good. All right, let me get my PowerPoint up here. Okay. You good? Yep. There we go. All righty. There we go. All right. And again, thank you all for having me here today. Um, a little bit about my center. Um, we are a private nonprofit organization here in the Northern Virginia area. 
with the mission of empowering deaf and hard of hearing individuals and their families through education, advocacy, and community involvement. A lot of the services we provide are information and referral, uh, outreach, educational programs like what we're doing today. Uh, we do hearing screenings, as well as advocating for folks who are deaf, hard of hearing, late deafened and deaf blind in the Northern Virginia area. We have kind of a, a large odd territory uh, right now. We cover the city of Alexandria, Arlington County, Fairfax County, Culpeper County, Fauquier County, Fairfax, Loudoun, and Rappahannock. As I mentioned, we are located in Fairfax, uh, Virginia, real close to where I-66 uh, and Route 50 cross each other. And we do have contracts with some of the local counties, Arlington and Fairfax in particular, as well as contracting with the Virginia Department for Deaf and Hard of Hearing, our state agency, uh, to provide tech technology services like I'm talking about today. Most states have some kind of assistive technology program. And I think you all had a program just recently from Maryland. Um, each state handles it differently. Sometimes it's handled by the uh, relay service in that particular state. Sometimes it's under the Department of Rehab Services. Here in Virginia, it's through the Department for Deaf and Hard of Hearing. The Technology Assistance Program was set up so that folks who are uh, deaf, hard of hearing, deaf blind, or have speech difficulties can access specialized telephone equipment to make sure that they are staying connected with their friends and family. It is a qualification program, so there's an application process. You must be a Virginia resident, have some kind of hearing loss or speech problem, and meet the income requirements for that program. Veterans uh, who are in Virginia, veterans with a documented hearing loss, if they have a copy of their honorable discharge papers, when they submit that with the application, then they are automatically qualified uh, for free equipment through this program. It focuses on telecommunications devices and alerting devices. So telephones, amplified telephones, uh, TTYs, caption telephones, and then those alerting devices that let you know when your phone is ringing, when somebody's at the door, that sort of thing. The application looks at the size of your household, how many people live within your household, and what the monthly household income is. And if you meet those guidelines, you get to borrow equipment for 30 days. At the end of that time, uh, if the equipment works for you and suits your needs, it automatically becomes yours. Now, if you don't qualify for free equipment, you can still get equipment through the state at the state's cost, or the outreach specialist can help you find the devices in the general market. We can provide you contacts for vendors and kind of help you shop around to find the device that's right for you. So those communication devices include amplified telephones. These are phones that are designed to be compatible with hearing aids. They have volume control to make that sound louder. 
as well as tone control, which can help boost those frequencies that you are struggling to hear. So say you have high frequency hearing loss, you can adjust the tone control to boost those frequencies even more to give you more information. For some folks, it helps to even use a speakerphone because you're able to use both ears to understand, you know, to follow your conversation. Um, when you've got a hearing loss and you're struggling to understand with just one ear that's not working so well, using a speakerphone, using both ears to follow the conversation can give you better access to that conversation. For folks who also have mobility issues, there are amplified cordless phones available in the program. Again, they've got the volume control. They have the tone control to help you get the best listening experience that you can. Many of these, uh, sorry, all of these amplified phones also have amplified ringers. And generally you can adjust the tone of those rings so again, if you hear low sounds better, you can make it ring in a low tone. If you hear high sounds better, make it ring in a higher tone. Sometimes no matter how much you boost volume and adjust the tone, you just cannot understand over the telephone. Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, the person that's calling you, are they on a landline or a cell phone? Uh, do they speak clearly or do they mumble and speak really fast? A lot of, lot of different factors in communication. If you're really struggling to understand over the telephone, there are captioned telephones that will print out what the other person is saying for you. And this shows up on a screen that is built into the telephone. Um, these have some adjustability, so if you're also dealing with vision issues, you can make the text much larger. You can change the color of the background and the text to make it a better contrast for you. Uh, and then also the phone has that amplification as well as the tone control so that you can use whatever residual hearing you do have to follow the conversation. And then if you miss that word, you weren't sure what they said, look down at the screen to see what that information was. It's not perfect, but it gives you more control over your phone calls. You know, you, you see something come up and I'm like, you can say, hey, hold on a sec. What was it you said before this? You know, again, you have control over the phone call. This is also very helpful when you're calling places that where you need to set up appointments. If you're calling the doctor's office where they're giving you times and dates, Having the text, the captions as a backup can be very helpful. And of course, TTYs. Um, some of you may have seen these. When uh, telephone communications first, you know, really kind of ramped up way back in history, um, TTYs were one of the first communication devices for deaf and hard of hearing folks to communicate on the phone. Uh, it is a device that allows you to type over the telephone line instead of depending on a voice that may not be clear or hearing that, that may not allow you to understand. Um, 
this is an older technology and it is slowly fading away. Um, as more and more telephone systems become digital instead of analog, this technology is becoming obsolete. However, it is still a useful technology, particularly for folks who have speech disabilities. Um, being able to call somebody through the relay and type what you wanna say and have the operator voice that for you through the phone line is a real freeing experience. Um, so it is still useful. It will eventually fade away. The FCC has recently uh, approved a newer technology since analog technology is fading away. Uh, it's called RTT or real-time text. Real-time text is actually a function that's available on your smartphone, on your mobile phone. If you look at the accessibility features, um, it is one of the options there. And you can follow the instructions to turn it on. Basically what it allows you to do is type over an open telephone call. So if you were someone who couldn't hear or could not uh, speak clearly, you could use RTT on your smartphone to call your friend, your family, and you could type to them. So technologies like the TTY and the caption telephone rely on a relay service. Each state has its own relay service and nationwide you can connect to that relay service by dialing 711. The relay service was established so that folks who use this kind of specialized telephone equipment can contact folks who do not have it, who use normal telephones. Um, it's available 24 seven and you, there's no limitations on how long the calls have to be or what kinds of phone numbers that they can call. It is to be the equivalent of a normal telephone. <clears throat> there is a, a specially trained operator called a communications assistant who is there to facilitate the call and make sure that that communication happens. Those communications assistants follow a strict code of confidentiality. The way that the system is set up, once both parties hang up, all of the information that was exchanged is erased and cannot be retrieved from any of the relay services computers. Okay. All right, uh, before I go yeah, ahead. Yeah, have... Debbie, I was gonna say, you got some good questions on all, okay. all, all of that. So I, I love this guy, uh, he, and such a creative acronym, Gene Pool. Um, is his name. Uh, we know that's, uh, that's not his real name, but um, our, the first question is, any of the amplified phones Bluetooth compatible? Um, I do not know if any of the phones in the current TAP program are. However, there are amplified telephones on the market that are Bluetooth compatible, um, that you can sync your cell phone to so that if you start the call on your cell phone and you need the amplification, you can kind of send it to your home phone and pick up with the amplification. And I believe that also allows for Bluetooth enabled hearing aids to sync with the phone as well. 
Okay, great. Yeah, that's probably uh, the why he was asking that question. Um, and then Mary Busey says, do these phones include answering machines? Does the transcription work with callers with foreign accents? Got two good questions there. Excellent questions. Um, the current phones in the TAP program do not have answering machines, I do not believe. I will have to double check that. Um, so many folks have the, um, the voicemail available from their phone company at no cost mm -hmm. at this point. So many of the phones have stopped including that. However, I do know of a few phones on the market that do have answering machines. With the captioned telephones, they do have answering machines built in um, and the answering machines caption the messages that are left as well. Um, the transcription can help with callers who have uh, foreign accents or strong accents. However, there is still a human involved in that transcription. So sometimes even the hearing people struggle with foreign accents. Yep. Um, but again, that gives you as the person with a hearing loss control of that call to say, I'm sorry, I'm just really not understanding you. Um, is there another way that we can communicate? No, that's great. And then, um, so another question, so can text and words of the telephone conversation be recorded and preserved so that the information in the phone conversation can be renewed and read again for better understanding? With the captioned telephones, you do have the option to save conversation. And so when you're calling the doctor's office, you can, you, you can either turn that on for each call or you can kind of set that as the default so that that's always on every conversation you have will, um, will be saved in the phone's memory. That way you don't have to try to write down the information while you're still communicating on the phone. You can wait till you hang up, go back into the phone and call up that conversation so that you can reread it and get the important information. Great, and then, um... Let's see, uh, um, Krista Kramer says, does the TAP program have any cell phone options? Not currently. Um, okay. They have tried a cell phone option uh, in the past and it, it just wasn't very popular for some reason. Um, so they put that part on hold and we'll probably look at that again later. Um, as many of you know, so many people, particularly in Northern Virginia, have stopped even having a telephone line at home and everybody uses their mobile phone for everything. Uh, so that is something that the program will have to look at moving forward. Okay, great. And then um, I know we had a program not too long ago where we talked about the Pixel, the Google Pixel phone which has some really interesting um, uh, features on it uh, for folks with hearing impairment. Uh, were you gonna be talking about that at all today? I am not. Um, that is not currently available in the state program, but technology is changing fast. And luckily some of these uh, manufacturers are paying attention to folks who are deaf and hard of hearing and listening when they say, hey, we need these accessibilities. 
Yeah, and, and I'll drop into chat the recording that we did where we did dive into the Google Pixel phone uh, with a little bit more detail. Okay. Um, so I'll do that uh, for this next section. And lastly, last question before you move on is, um, can you specifically say which phones have the answering machines built in or is it best for somebody to just contact you directly? Um. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, like I said, the captioned phones do have it. Um, I know that some of the phones from Serene Innovations do have an answering machine. Okay. Um, but otherwise contact me and I can do some checking for you. Absolutely. And um, okay, well, um, now we move to the next section, but before you do that, I, I just have to tell people this one product that is on the screen here, I think it's called a pocket talker. Um, <clears throat> when I was invited to a hearing loss support group, there was a gentleman there, he had two hearing aids and, um, but he got to demo, he got to use this pocket talker for the first time. Uh, and when he put those headphones on and we started talking to them, talking to him, I swear it was like he opened a, a present on Christmas morning because he could just, he could hear us clearly and he was, and it was, it's directional. He was just so happy. And uh, I, I, I talk about this product all the time because it's affordable and it's, uh, it, it, I, I saw firsthand how valuable it can be. It is a really helpful device. Um, sometimes folks come to the TAP program and they're doing just fine with the telephone. You know, they just need to turn it up louder. They've, they've got that situation handled, but it's really the one-on-one -on -one interactions that they're struggling with. And so a personal amplifier was added to the TAP program. Again, making sure that folks stay connected. Um, making sure that they can continue to communicate with their friends and families in those one-on-one -on -one or small group situations. The personal amplifier has a built-in microphone. Uh, it can be used with headphones or earbuds. Uh, if the hearing aids that you have have a device called the telecoil built into them, you can wear it with what's called a neck loop which is just a loop of wire that sits around the neck. Um, and it gives a, a direct feed of the sound to your hearing aids, pardon me, uh, gives a direct feed to, uh, to the sound of sound to your hearing aids uh, through that magnetic loop using the, using the neck loop. Um, the one on the screen here is the Pocket, Talk Pocket Talker Ultra. Um, this is a slightly newer version this is the Pocket Talker 2.0. Again, it's really no bigger than a deck of cards. You've got your microphone. You can use the headphones. And very often, these also come with a lanyard. Um, it's got a little space where you can attach the lanyard. So you can, it's also got a belt loop here. So you can clip it to your shirt, clip it to your belt wear it around your neck uh, to give you access to that sound. It lets you adjust the volume. 
as well as tone and gives you more control over your conversations. The other one that's here uh, is called the duet. And it does basically the same thing. Uh, this one happens to be rechargeable. The Pocket Talker, Pocket Talker Ultra uses batteries. So you would have to switch those out. The Pocket Talker 2.0 does have a rechargeable option. So depending on what your needs are, um, if you're somebody that, you know, sometimes our dexterity is not great. So changing batteries is not a great option for you. Maybe you do need something that sits in a recharger overnight uh, to make sure that you can stay connected. These are great for riding in the car to follow the conversation. Um, some of these devices actually have an extension cord. So you can take the microphone and put it on the extension cord and kind of pass the microphone around um, to make sure that you are hearing the person who is speaking as clearly as possible. There we go. So now that you've got your, your communication worked out, how do you know when the phone is ringing? How do you know when the telephone is ringing, the doorbell, that sort of thing? There are devices to help out with that as well. There are amplified ringers that can be added to your existing telephone. These are ringers that allow you to adjust the volume and then also adjust the tone, high sounds, low sounds, and the pattern of the ring as well. Maybe the regular ring of a telephone doesn't get your attention, but if it's a double ring or a triple ring, it catches your attention more easily. So this is something that you can add. It just daisy chains into your telephone's line, just like uh, the old answering machines do. There are also flashing doorbells. Um, this one has a light built in. These are wireless uh, doorbells, by the way, so you do not have to run wiring or bring in an electrician to take care of installing it. <clears throat> this is also one that you can adjust the volume of the ring of the doorbell, and you can either choose uh, you know, a particular tone, high, low, medium, or it will do the, I believe it's called the Westminster chime, you know, where it goes up and down as it rings. Again, getting your attention the best way um, for you. And these wireless doorbell systems, generally, depending on the materials your house are, is built out of, um, generally, uh, you, they can be 80 to 100 feet from the doorbell unit. There are also kind of all-in-one systems that will alert for a variety of different things. Um, this is a system that flashes lights and shakes the bed. And it alerts for the doorbell, the telephone. Uh, it alerts for a built-in alarm clock. And then you can also get additional uh, uh, monitor pieces, say for like a baby crier. You can get a baby crier unit and sync with it so that the system goes off when the babies cry. Um, motion detector, that sort of thing. 
So these all-in-one units, you can have your base unit up in the bedroom, and then you can have remote units throughout the house that will also chime and flash lights. Okay, just wanted to take a pause here and see if there were any questions about signaling devices. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, somebody says educational information and family experience shows that people who are hearing challenge hide their hearing loss for many years. What can family members watch for as signs and symptoms of hearing loss? That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, generally, uh, they say that the person will wait five to seven years between the time they suspect they're having an issue to the time that they actually do something about it. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of times family members will notice things before the individual does. Um, asking for things to be repeated, um, not answering the question that was asked, answering something off topic because they misheard what was asked. Um, you know, do you know the time? Well, I've only got 10 cents. You know, I've only got 15 yeah. cents or, you know, that kind of thing. Time, dime, those words that sound similar can change the topic of what the conversation was very easily. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's really, I found, in, and I found this in recently in, in several scenarios where the stigma of potentially having to get a hearing aid is one of these elements that even though now that the hearing aids are almost pretty much invisible, it's just, you know, We've got such an anti-aging and ageist bias that even emotionally, somebody realizing that they they may need something like this is is difficult to stomach. However, you know what I always remind people of is that I'll say, "Do you have grandchildren?" And it's sort of like, "Oh well, yes." And it's sort of like, "Well, you want to hear what they say, right?" I mean, don't think of it as a sign of aging or decline, think of it as an opportunity to, to better interact with the people that you love around you. So um, let's see, um, Mary Busey says, uh, this is great information for dealing with my current level of hearing loss and good to know for the future. Um, someone asks, do these work for cell phones? And I'm wondering if they're referring to the last round of devices that you were talking about. Right, the signaling systems. Yeah. Um, the ones that I have mentioned that's in, currently in the TAP program, no. Um, the TAP program is slow, uh, a little slower than the technology that's out there uh, because government red tape. You have to go through a whole process to add new things to the program. Um, but yes, there are devices out there that uh, they're like stands that you can put your cell phone on to recharge that will sense the vibration of the phone uh, and flashlights. Um, so yes, there are systems out there that can signal for your cell phone. Uh, they're not currently in the TAP program. Um, and let's see, Lina has two comments here. And one says, 
You didn't mention the mattress vibrator to alert the sleeping individual that the unit unit is flashing. That's that's good, and that's also a good. Probably you could use that as an alarm clock too. Right. I did mention it real briefly. I didn't kind of expand on it. Okay. That is the bed shaker. Um, okay. <laughs> in that all-in-one unit, that's the doorbell, the telephone, the alarm clock. So part of that system is an optional bed shaker. And so it is literally a vibrator. <laughs> Most of them look like a big old hockey puck. And depending on how deeply you sleep, you can put it under the mattress if you're a pretty light sleeper or put it in your pillowcase if you're a pretty heavy sleeper. And anytime the system is triggered, it flashes and shakes the bed. Great. And then um, uh, Lina mentions that she has five rooms in her apartment where she's using devices like that and they work very well. Um, Lina, if, if you're willing before, um, before we wrap up, it would be great um, at the end, if, if we've got time I, and you're willing, I would love for you to share uh, maybe some of your experiences with your units. Um, let's see, uh, another question. St Steve mentioned the pocket amplifier is very affordable. Can it be purchased if the device is needed and it's and we're not a part of your program? Um, but but is is the pocket talker part of the program? Yes, currently um, the Pocket Talker is included in the TAP program. And, um, you know, I, I know, at least with Maryland Relay, that to qualify for these hearing loss programs, it's not that difficult. It's basically if you have hearing loss to a point where it is difficult, where you're having challenges communicating on the phone or while watching TV or what have you, that that's enough to qualify. Is that the same for your program? Each state handles it differently. Okay. Um, in some states, they provide the equipment for free, um, you know, as long as you qualify by hearing loss and all of that, they provide the equipment for free. But if you move out of state, you have to give the equipment back to the state. Um, some states, it's a purchase program, and that's what Virginia does. So that's why they also look at your financial information. Um, so you qualify by hearing loss and financial eligibility. And the, um, but that means that if you have to move out of state, you get to take that equipment with you. Great. And then, um, I, I promise it looks like we're almost done with this round of questions, Krista, but thank you everybody for all these great questions. Krista says, I've also used a doorbell button on an alerting system as a, as a caregiver call button with a bed shaker to wake a caregiver who has hearing impairment. Um, thanks for sharing that. This is great. And then our friend Jean Poole says, does the comfort duet have a telecoil capability? Yes, it does. Thank you for uh, mentioning that, Jean. Um, so as I mentioned before, the telecoil is generally found in a hearing aid. Um, and it is literally a coil of wire built into the hearing aid. Uh, also, also into uh, cochlear implants, by the way. Um, and that coil of wire allows it to pick up magnetic fields. 
So originally that was when you picked up the old fashioned telephone, it connected with the magnetic field on the earpiece to block out background noise. So with current listening systems that are out there, you can also step into that magnetic field, whether that's a loop of wire under the carpet or in the ceiling, uh, the neck loop, and get that direct sound feed to the hearing aid through that coil. Now, not everybody has hearing aids. First of all, not everybody has hearing aids. And not everybody has hearing aids fitted with telecoil. Um, some of the really tiny hearing aids, like the in the canal and completely in the canal, they're too small for that. Um, so having a device like the pot, uh, sorry, the Comfort Duet, it has the telecoil built in and actually so does the uh, Pocket Talker 2.0. The telecoil is built into this device so that you can put on the headset and pick up the, that magnetic feed. Great. Okay, that's uh, done with that, that round of questions. Thanks again for such a uh, uh, lively and interactive audience. Y'all have great questions. This is awesome. Thank you. Um, a quick uh, note about the, the commenter who said they've used the doorbell unit um, to call their caretaker. Some of the systems actually will provide extra doorbells. Um, I know one at least where it's like labeled SOS, so that if the person is trying to get the attention of their caretaker who has a hearing loss, they can push their little SOS button and it will activate the system to summon them. So that is uh, that covers the devices that are in the TAP program. It really focuses primarily on telecommunications and the signaling systems and also giving that, you know, the pocket talker, the personal amplifier devices for those one-on-one -on -one, uh, communications. However, there's a lot more out there on the market, uh, devices that you could take advantage of in the home to help you cope with hearing loss. One of the things we hear a lot about is the television. Um, one of the things that folks will notice is that the TV is getting louder and louder. Uh, and everybody else is like, oh my goodness, that's way too loud. There are devices that you can get that you connect to the audio out jacks of your television set. And then the individual with hearing loss can wear the headset uh, or the stethoscope um, or put the little speaker right next to them to give them more control over the volume while the general TV volume stays comfortable for everybody else in the room. These transmit information a couple different ways. Some of them use infrared light. Um, so you can hear that volume as long as you are in that room with that receiver. But if you leave the room and that infrared light can't find the receiver, you lose the sound. Others are radio frequency transmitters. So you could put on your headset and walk all over the house listening to the TV. And then of course, nowadays, some of these are Bluetooth technology. Um, so you connect it to the audio out of your TV and the headset is synced with the Bluetooth and you're good to go. Another option is folks um, can put a, an extra speaker and generally these are wireless speakers uh, right next to their, their seat and control the volume there. 
Uh, there's even a company that makes speakers that will sit on the back of your chair, you know, kind of, kind of, so you have the speakers right there next to your ears. And again, giving you control of that volume. So you're not blasting everybody else out of the house. Devices like the personal amplifiers can also help with the TV. So you can kind of play around and see what is out there, what fits your needs and see what's gonna work best for you. There's also a lot of alarm clocks out there. As I mentioned before, um, some of them are all in one systems that alert for different things. Some are strictly alarm clock alerts. Um, some have really loud rings. Uh, you can adjust the tone, you can adjust the volume. You can plug in a light and have it flash the lights. And of course, the bed shaker. Most of these systems, you can kind of pick and choose what's the best one thing or combination of things that is gonna wake you up in the morning. There are also travel versions of, the, of these vibrating alarm clocks. So you can set the, the uh, alarm, fold it up, put it in your pillowcase while you're traveling, and it will shake you awake. There are now Bluetooth bed shakers that you can take advantage of. These are devices that you can sync with your mobile phone. Generally, you buy the device and you download an app to your smartphone and you sync the devices together and then use your cell phone as the alarm clock. And the bed shaker, again, goes into your pillowcase to shake and vibrate when it's time to get up. Another really important piece of technology to consider for your home when you're dealing with folks with hearing loss is visual smoke detectors. Um, there are some programs out there, uh, county by county, that are set up specifically for folks who are deaf and hard of hearing. Uh, two that I know for sure is Fairfax County, Virginia and Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, where you can apply for a visual smoke detector through the county. Others, um, the programs vary from state to state uh, or county to county. Uh, you can certainly purchase these through specialized vendors. Sometimes you can get uh, them through Home Depot as well. But this is something really important to consider when you're dealing with a hearing loss. Cochlear implants are awesome. Hearing aids are awesome when they work during the day, but at night, most of us take them out. Most of us should take them out anyway. It's, it's better for your ears to take them off overnight. Um, gives the devices a chance to dry out as well. When we take those devices off, we're at an even greater loss. So having something that will wake you up, that will flash the lights, be really loud, possibly even shake the bed, is important to have for the home. If you know folks um, who rent their homes, as part of the Code of Virginia, it is the landlord's responsibility to provide visual smoke detectors upon request. You just have to write them a letter uh, stating that someone within the home has a hearing loss and needs a visual smoke detector for safety. It, it is then the landlord's responsibility to make sure that that gets installed. Okay, just wanna make sure that you all know about that. 
All right, take a quick pause here and see what kind of questions we might have. Yep, uh, let's see. Uh, Gene Poole, uh, Gene, you win the gold star today for the most questions and the best questions, although all the questions have been great. Um, he's just letting everybody know the Costco KS10 have built-in telecoil. Um, that's a, a hearing aid, obviously. And then someone says magnetic field pickup magnetic feed telecoil complicated but interesting. Can you explain once more or say where we can read more about this equipment that is offered this feature and benefits? Radio frequency, Bluetooth, what did you as would help with conversations and moving cars when families are on long road trips? Um, and, and they also mentioned we need those bed shakers for family and caregivers. Thank you. Sure thing. So when I talk about the telecoil, this is a piece of technology that is generally installed in hearing aids, um, but also obviously in some other devices like the personal amplifiers. What it is literally, it's, it's a very tight coil of wire that is installed in the hearing aid or the cochlear implant. And it has the ability to pick up magnetic fields. And so one of the technologies uh, is referred to as a hearing loop. So there is literally a loop of wire and this can be installed in a meeting room under the carpet or in a meeting room in the ceiling or an individual can wear the neck loop. It's a loop of wire and it creates a magnetic field. So that loop of wire is then plugged into some kind of sound system. So that can be the PA system in the meeting room or the personal amplifier. So then anything that is set into that microphone is fed into that magnetic loop and the telecoil picks up that magnetic loop and brings the sound directly to your hearing aid. So say in a meeting room, if you're in a meeting room with one of these hearing loops installed, you go in that room, activate your telecoil, and you can hear everything said through the microphone, no matter where you are in that room. Um, okay, and then it looks like, um, Mary, there's a comment. We have many euphemisms for old. I call my hearing aids my hearing helpers. I think the term hearing aid sounds like old age to many people, thus reluctance to get them. Mary, this is awesome. And um, as many of you know, from time to time, we do discussions on ageism. And the terms that we use and the words that we use uh, are often uh, the big challenge to these devices that can, uh, that can be so helpful. But I, I love how you refer to your, uh, what I'm not gonna call hearing aids anymore. I'm gonna, uh, your hearing helpers. And uh, hopefully some brilliant manufacturers will get on the same, uh, on the same wavelength. Absolutely. Um, right. to, to go back to the previous question real quick. Yep. Um, it was the pocket talker. So the personal amplifier was the device that I mentioned that can be helpful for car trips. 
And Mary, you are absolutely right. Some of this language is, is outdated because hearing loss doesn't care. I've met you know, kids who are 18 months old who have hearing loss um, and they wear, they wear hearing aids. Eight, hearing loss can strike at any time. You can be born with it. You can acquire it um, in so many different ways. Um, hearing aids is left over from, from language where they talked about auxiliary aids. Um, and so that, but yes, it is part of the barrier that folks, whether they get stuck on, on the terminology um, or they're just very reluctant to go ahead and try it. So, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, all right. I clean, I cleared the deck there for the, uh, for all the questions. So okay. uh, keep on going. Sure thing. Um, as, as several of you mentioned, um, folks are using their cell phones more and more and that's a whole nother presentation. <laughs> um, but there are so many apps out there that are available now that people can take advantage of. Um, many hearing aids nowadays have an app that you can download to your smartphone that let you control your hearing aids. Um, you can, you, it lets you use your cell phone as another amplifier that feeds directly to your hearing aids through a Bluetooth connection. <clears throat> there are apps that you can download to get those captioned telephone calls. So no matter where you are, you can have captions on your phone calls. For folks who use sign language, there are apps that let them connect to the video relay so that they can sign in, in American Sign Language on their phone calls in their natural language. Um, there are apps you can take advantage of for voice to text. If you, if you are really struggling to communicate with someone, pull out your phone, um, you know, and you, well, first of all, you could type back and forth because uh, when in doubt, write it out. Um, you can type back and forth or use these voice to text apps and let the phone type it out for you. Again, they're not gonna be perfect, um, certainly, it's not what you want to use when you are discussing really important information, but this is something that you can take advantage of to improve your communication with your friends and family. As I mentioned, there are specialized vendors that you can get this equipment through. Uh, our center has put together a list. Uh, this is just part of the list, um, but we have put together a list that we can send out to you uh, and we can help you find these vendors in your community. All of the devices that I've discussed are available vendors. So certainly you could apply through the state program or if you decide you don't wanna do that, you can go directly to a vendor to purchase these devices yourself. Uh, someone mentioned the uh, for the pocket talker or the other personal amplifiers, Generally, you can find a good quality amplifier for between $100 and $200. Um, so reasonably priced, you know, that kind of depends on what your financial situation is, but certainly they are reasonable for uh, uh, quite a few people. Our center here in Fairfax does have a demonstration room where we have a lot of different devices, um, not all the devices that I've shown you today, but certainly the devices in the technology assistance program. You can make an appointment to come into our demo room and we can sit down and talk about the situation. 
what challenges you're having and try some devices out. Just see what might work best for you. Um, so, you know, we love having visitors. Uh, we haven't had them in a while, of course, uh, but we do enjoy having folks come and check things out. So get in touch with us. We'd love to help you out. And which kind of comes to the end of my presentation. <laughs> um, it looks like we've got a couple more. Uh, yeah. And okay. let's see here. Oh, yes. Uh, says um, there is also a nationwide program for telecommunication equipment for people with combined vision and hearing loss, deafblind, yes. called I Can Connect. It covers not only telephone equipment, but also internet communication equipment, including Braille keyboards. Um, Krista, I, ironically, we were talking about this right before the program today. We really need to do a um, discussion just like this one for low vision. And so uh, it sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable in this area. But um, if you don't mind sending me an email to steve at proaging.com, I think it would be great to get the I Can Connect people on for a discussion and learn more about that program. Um, that would be great. Thanks for sharing that resource with our audience. And that's a great program. Um, I've worked with some of the I Can Connect folks because I do work with deafblind uh, individuals as well. Um, and it's it's a really great resource for folks. Great. Um, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we provide some support with um, for the um, for the low vision people of which I'm one. Uh, I'm legally blind in one eye. The, uh, Okay, and then uh, the last question that I've got here, it says, um, are you familiar with the new Hear Helper <laughs> uh, des designed and developed because we can hear with our brains and process sounds with our brains, but not with our ears. These new hearing helpers are designed to work with cell phones. So the hearing helper sounds more natural and does not sound and feel like a small microphone in our ears. It is our understanding that these hearing aid helpers are, are a small computer in each ear that presently may be expensive. Just wondering if anybody's heard about these. I have not heard about that one specifically. Um, you are correct. We hear with our brains and not our ears. Um, you know, these things on the sides of our heads are just there to collect all those sounds that we hear and work them through the hearing mechanism. Um, there's a lot of, of factors in being able to hear correctly. Um, so a lot depends on what kind of hearing loss you have. Is it conductive versus sensory neural? Um, and where along that hearing mechanism the problem is happening. So there are some technologies um, that are helpful for those mild to moderate hearing losses that are really being developed right now. As I mentioned, I haven't heard of that specific one, um, but thank you for letting me know about that. I'll have to look into it. Great. All right, well, we are past one. We got through all the questions. Uh, another great program. Debbie, thanks so much. I did record thank this you. so folks can share it. Um, and then Debbie, I'll make sure to share your contact information with everybody. Please do. Um, you know, if anyone would like, um, uh, if anybody would like a um, 
copy of the slideshow, uh, please get in touch. Okay. And then also, uh, Melissa just jumped in and she said, do you know if any other states, Maryland, D.C., or West Virginia have demonstration rooms like yours? Um, you would have to contact the program directly. Um, some of them have specialists that take equipment out to show people, and others have a center where you can go and take a look at things. Great. And then uh, it, whenever I say it's over, this is when all the questions come in. Uh, Lina says, I've been wearing hearing aids or hearing helpers for 25 years. I went to university at age 50, had difficulty hearing lectures. I knew before attending that I had hearing loss and this situation encouraged me to do something about it. Three years later, I discovered I had a, an acoustic neuroma in my right ear and its remo removal severed my hearing nerve in my right ear. Following this, I ended up with bicross hearing aids. Improvement to the devices have since then given the new technology to hearing aid and the bicross under our government program and a Bluetooth with a neck wire loop control unit which controls by my iPhone. Absolutely mar marvelous. The government has also given me uh, five light units as displayed in your, oh, five light units as displayed in your program. That's, this is awesome, uh, Lynn. And um, yeah, Melissa uh, says she lives in a more rural area. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately the demonstration projects are probably a little bit more um, located in urban settings. Um, Actually, okay. for, in Virginia, um, there are outreach specialists for each region of Virginia. And so even, you know, for Southwest Virginia, there are outreach specialists that work with the state office that can help you find out about this equipment. Great. And uh, Krista says each state has an assistive technology project which does demos. And um, here I'm going to drop this whole comment into chat. And uh, we record the chat. Um, as well with the recording. So that way everybody will have this after the fact as well. So thank you, Krista. She provided a link to these um, to these programs. Uh, again, what a wonderful discussion. And um, we look forward to seeing you all at the, at the next discussion and following up shortly. Thank you all so much for this opportunity to talk with you. You bet, thanks, bye. Um, Bonnie has, worked really hard to make folks aware of the challenges involved with, with being a person who has hearing loss. Um, you know, she's worn hearing aids herself for many, many years. And it's great to know that, that folks like you are, are learning a lot from her, her questions and presentations. Um, I've learned a lot from her working with her. Uh, my name is Debbie Jones. I'm the technology manager here at the Northern Virginia Resource Center for Deaf and Hard of Hearing Persons, which is why we usually just use the acronym NVRC. <clears throat> um, I have been working here since 1995. Uh, not all that time was with the technology programs, but I have certainly learned a lot from uh, working with the community and uh, finding out, learning about all the bells and gadgets that are out there that really can help folks dealing with hearing loss 
stay in touch and stay connected with their communities, their families uh, at work, whatever the situation is. Because when we do start to lose our hearing, it gets challenging. Um, most of us, for most of us, it's a slow process. Uh, it's a gradual process that sometimes we don't even realize it's happening. We're just slowly turning the volume up on the TV more and more until the family starts to say, whoa, Edgar, let's turn that down a bit. Um, hey, Jane, you're talking really loud. I can hear you just fine. Um, and so there are, you know, sometimes the people around us notice it before we do. Um, but of course, there are also folks for whom this is an overnight process. Um, and so hearing loss can strike, can happen, pop up in your life at any age, at any time. Um, and that's why there are programs out there to help folks access the kinds of technologies that will help keep them connected. I love it. Um, well, that, that, that's great, Debbie. And um, I'm really excited for you to dive into your, your topic. What I'm going to do is duck behind the curtain. And um, I want to remind everybody that you can type in uh, your questions at any point during this discussion. Um, the, uh, in fact, I, I, it's not a question, but Robert Colson said, great job using live transcript. I'm listening to feedback. The, um, yeah, if you don't know, you can access the, uh, the transcript. You, you can turn it off if you like as well, but um, it's there uh, for you, uh, for your benefit. Um, so Debbie, uh, I'll let you take it away. I think you may have some slides to share. And then if you wanna just check in periodically, I'll let you know if there's any questions that have come up. Sounds good. All right, let me get my PowerPoint up here. Da -da -da. good? Yep. There we go. All righty. There we go. All right. And again, thank you all for having me here today. Um, a little bit about my center. Um, we are a private nonprofit organization here in the Northern Virginia area with the mission of empowering deaf and hard of hearing individuals and their families through education, advocacy, and community involvement. A lot of the services we provide are information and referral, uh, outreach, educational programs like what we're doing today. Uh, we do hearing screenings, as well as advocating for folks who are deaf, hard of hearing, late deafened and deaf blind in the Northern Virginia area. We have kind of a, a large, odd territory uh, right now. We cover the city of Alexandria, Arlington County, Fairfax County, Culpeper County, Fauquier County, Fairfax, Loudoun, and Rappahannock. As I mentioned, we are located in Fairfax, uh, Virginia, real close to where I-66 uh, and Route 50 cross each other. And we do have contracts with some of the local counties, Arlington and Fairfax in particular, as well as contracting with the Virginia Department for Deaf and Hard of Hearing, 
our state agency uh, to provide tech technology services like I'm talking about today. Most states have some kind of assistive technology program. And I think you all had a program just recently from Maryland. Um, each state handles it differently. Sometimes it's handled by the uh, relay service in that particular state. Sometimes it's under the Department of Rehab Services. Here in Virginia, it's through the Department for Deaf and Hard of Hearing. The Technology Assistance Program was set up so that folks who are uh, deaf, hard of hearing, deaf blind, or have speech difficulties can access specialized telephone equipment to make sure that they are staying connected with their friends and family. It is a qualification program, so there's an application process. You must be a Virginia resident, have some kind of hearing loss or speech problem, and meet the income requirements for that program. Veterans uh, who are in Virginia, veterans with a documented hearing loss, if they have a copy of their honorable discharge papers, when they submit that with the application, then they are automatically qualified uh, for free equipment through this program. It focuses on telecommunications devices and alerting devices. So telephones, amplified telephones, uh, TTYs, caption telephones, and then those alerting devices that let you know when your phone is ringing, when somebody's at the door, that sort of thing. The application looks at the size of your household, how many people live within your household, and what the monthly household income is. And if you meet those guidelines, you get to borrow equipment for 30 days. At the end of that time, uh, if the equipment works for you and suits your needs, it automatically becomes yours. Now, if you don't qualify for free equipment, you can still get equipment through the state at the state's cost, or the outreach specialist can help you find the devices in the general market. We can provide you contacts for vendors and kind of help you shop around to find the device that's right for you. So those communication devices include amplified telephones. These are phones that are designed to be compatible with hearing aids. They have volume control to make that sound louder, as well as tone control, which can help boost those frequencies that you are struggling to hear. So say you have high frequency hearing loss, you can adjust the tone control to boost those frequencies even more to give you more information. For some folks, it helps to even use a speakerphone because you're able to use both ears to understand, you know, to follow your conversation. Um, when you've got a hearing loss and you're struggling to understand with just one ear that's not working so well, using a speakerphone, using both ears to follow the conversation can give you better access to that conversation. For folks who also have mobility issues, there are amplified cordless phones available in the program. Again, they've got the volume control. They have the tone control to help you get the best listening experience that you can. 
Many of these, uh, sorry, all of these amplified phones also have amplified ringers. And generally you can adjust the tone of those rings. So again, if you hear low sounds better, you can make it ring in a low tone. If you hear high sounds better, make it ring in a higher tone. Sometimes no matter how much you boost volume and adjust the tone, you just cannot understand over the telephone. Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, the person that's calling you, are they on a landline or a cell phone? Uh, do they speak clearly or do they mumble and speak really fast? A lot of, lot of different factors in communication. If you're really struggling to understand over the telephone, there are captioned telephones that will print out what the other person is saying for you. And this shows up on a screen that is built into the telephone. Um, these have some adjustability. So if you're also dealing with vision issues, you can make the text much larger. You can change the color of the background and the text to make it a better contrast for you. Uh, and then also the phone has that amplification as well as the tone control so that you can use whatever residual hearing you do have to follow the conversation. And then if you miss that word, you weren't sure what they said, look down at the screen to see what that information was. It's not perfect, but it gives you more control over your phone calls. You know, you, you see something come up and I'm like, you can say, hey, hold on a sec. What was it you said before this? You know, again, you have control over the phone call. This is also very helpful when you're calling places that where you need to set up appointments. If you're calling the doctor's office where they're giving you times and dates, having the text, the captions as a backup can be very helpful. And of course, TTYs, um, some of you may have seen these when uh, telephone communications first, you know, really kind of ramped up way back in history, um, TTYs were one of the first communication devices for deaf and hard of hearing folks to communicate on the phone. Uh, it is a device that allows you to type over the telephone line instead of depending on a voice that may not be clear or hearing that, that may not allow you to understand. Um, this is an older technology and it is slowly fading away. Um, as more and more telephone systems become digital instead of analog, this technology is becoming obsolete. However, it is still a useful te technology, particularly for folks who have speech disabilities. Um, being able to call somebody through the relay and type what you wanna say and have the operator voice that for you through the phone line is a real freeing experience. Um, so it is still useful. It will eventually fade away. The FCC has recently uh, approved a newer technology since analog technology is fading away. Uh, it's called RTT or real-time text. Real-time text is actually a function that's available on your smartphone, on your mobile phone. If you look at the accessibility features, um, it is one of the options there. And you can follow the instructions to turn it on. Basically, what it allows you to do is type over an open telephone call. 
So if you were someone who couldn't hear or could not uh, speak clearly, you could use RTT on your smartphone to call your friend, your family, and you could type to them. So technologies like the TTY and the caption telephone rely on a relay service. Each state has its own relay service and nationwide you can connect to that relay service by dialing 711. The relay service was established so that folks who use this kind of specialized telephone equipment can contact folks who do not have it, who use normal telephones. Um, it's available 24-7, and you, there's no limitations on how long the calls have to be or what kinds of phone numbers that they can call. It is to be the equivalent of a normal telephone. <clears throat> there is a, a specially trained operator called a communications assistant who is there to facilitate the call and make sure that that communication happens. Those communications assistants follow a strict code of confidentiality. The way that the system is set up, once both parties hang up, all of the information that was exchanged is erased and cannot be retrieved from any of the relay services computers. Okay. All right, uh, before I go yeah. ahead, yeah, we Debbie, have... I was going to say you got some good questions on all, okay. all, all of that. So I, I love this guy. Uh, he, and he's such a creative acronym. Gene Pool um, is his name. Uh, we know that's, uh, that's not his real name. But um, our, the first question is, any of the amplified phones Bluetooth compatible? Um, I do not know if any of the phones in the current TAP program are. However, there are amplified telephones on the market that are Bluetooth compatible, um, that you can sync your cell phone to, so that if you start the call on your cell phone and you need the amplification, you can kind of send it to your home phone and pick up with the amplification. And I believe that also allows for Bluetooth enabled hearing aids to sync with the phone as well. Okay, great. Yeah, that's probably uh, the why he was asking that question. Um, and then Mary Busey says, do these phones include answering machines? Does the transcription work with callers with foreign accents? Right, two good questions there. Excellent questions. Um, the current phones in the TAP program do not have answering machines, I do not believe. I will have to double check that. Um, so many folks have the, um, the voicemail available from their phone company at no cost mm -hmm. at this point. So many of the phones have stopped including that. However, I do know of a few phones on the market that do have answering machines. With the caption telephones, they do have answering machines built in um, and the answering machines caption the messages that are left as well. Um, the transcription can help with callers who have uh, foreign accents or strong accents. However, there is still a human involved in that transcription. So sometimes even the hearing people struggle with foreign accents. 
Um, but again, that gives you as the person with a hearing loss control of that call to say, I'm sorry, I'm just really not understanding you. Um, is there another way that we can communicate? No, that's great. And then, um, so another question, so can text and words of the telephone conversation be recorded and preserved so that the information in the phone conversation can be renewed and read again for better understanding? With the captioned telephones, you do have the option to save conversation. And so when you're calling the doctor's office, you can, you, you can either turn that on for each call or you can kind of set that as the default so that that's always on every conversation you have will, um, will be saved in the phone's memory. That way you don't have to try to write down the information while you're still communicating on the phone. You can wait till you hang up, go back into the phone and call up that conversation so that you can reread it and get the important information. Great, and then, um... Let's see, uh, um, Krista Kramer says, does the TAP program have any cell phone options? Not currently. Um, okay. They have tried a cell phone option uh, in the past and it, it just wasn't very popular for some reason. Um, so they put that part on hold and we'll probably look at that again later. Um, as many of you know, so many people, particularly in Northern Virginia, have stopped even having a telephone line at home and everybody uses their mobile phone for everything. Uh, so that is something that the program will have to look at moving forward. Okay, great. And then um, I know we had a program not too long ago where we talked about the Pixel, the Google Pixel phone which has some really interesting um, uh, features on it uh, for folks with hearing impairment. Uh, were you gonna be talking about that at all today? I am not. Um, that is not currently available in the state program, but technology is changing fast. And luckily some of these uh, manufacturers are paying attention to folks who are deaf and hard of hearing and listening when they say, hey, we need these accessibilities. Yeah, and, and I'll drop into chat the recording that we did where we did dive into the Google Pixel phone uh, with a little bit more detail. Okay. Um, so I'll do that uh, for this next section. And lastly, last question before you move on is, um, can you specifically say which phones have the answering machines built in or is it best for somebody to just contact you directly? Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, like I said, the captioned phones do have it. Um, I know that some of the phones from Serene Innovations do have an answering machine. Okay. Um, but otherwise contact me and I can do some checking for you. Absolutely. And um, okay, well, um, now we move to the next section, but before you do that, I, I just have to tell people this one product that is on the screen here, I think it's called a pocket talker. Um, <clears throat> when I was invited to a hearing loss support group, there was a gentleman there, he had two hearing aids 
And um, but he got to demon, he got to use this pocket talker for the first time. Uh, and when he put those headphones on and we started talking to them, uh, talking to him, I swear it was like he opened uh, a present on Christmas morning because he could just, he could hear us clearly and he was, and it was, it's directional. He was just so happy. And uh, I, I, I talk about this product all the time because it's affordable and it's, uh, it, it, I, I saw firsthand how valuable it can be. It is a really helpful device. Um, sometimes folks come to the TAP program and they're doing just fine with the telephone. You know, they just need to turn it up louder. They've, they've got that situation handled, but it's really the one-on-one -on -one interactions that they're struggling with. And so a personal amplifier was added to the TAP program. Again, making sure that folks stay connected, um, making sure that they can continue to communicate with their friends and families in those one-on-one -on -one or small group situations. The personal amplifier has a built-in microphone. Uh, it can be used with headphones or earbuds. Uh, if the hearing aids that you have have a device called the telecoil built into them, you can wear it with what's called a neck loop, which is just a loop of wire that sits around the neck. Um, and it gives a, a direct feed of the sound to your hearing aids, pardon me, uh, gives a direct feed to, uh, to the sound of sound to your hearing aids uh, through that magnetic loop using the, using the neck loop. Um, the one on the screen here is the Pocket, Talk Pocket Talker Ultra. Um, this is a slightly newer version. This is the Pocket Talker 2.0. Again, it's really no bigger than a deck of cards. You've got your microphone. You can use the headphones. And very often, these also come with a lanyard. Um, it's got a little space where you can attach the lanyard so you can, it's also got a belt loop here. So you can clip it to your shirt, clip it to your belt, wear it around your neck uh, to give you access to that sound. It lets you adjust the volume as well as tone and gives you more control over your conversations. The other one that's here uh, is called the Duet. And it does basically the same thing. Uh, this one happens to be rechargeable. The Pocket Talker, Pocket Talker Ultra uses batteries. So you would have to switch those out. The Pocket Talker 2.0 does have a rechargeable option. So depending on what your needs are, um, if you're somebody that, you know, sometimes our dexterity is not great. So changing batteries is not a great option for you. Maybe you do need something that sits in a recharger overnight uh, to make sure that you can stay connected. These are great for riding in the car to follow the conversation. Um, some of these devices actually have an extension cord. So you can take the microphone and put it on the extension cord and kind of pass the microphone around um, to make sure that you are hearing the person who is speaking as clearly as possible.
go. So now that you've got your, your communication worked out, how do you know when the phone is ringing? How do you know when the telephone is ringing, the doorbell, that sort of thing? There are devices to help out with that as well. There are amplified ringers that can be added to your existing telephone. These are ringers that allow you to adjust the volume and then also adjust the tone, high sounds, low sounds, and the pattern of the ring as well. Maybe the regular ring of a telephone doesn't get your attention, but if it's a double ring or a triple ring, it catches your attention more easily. So this is something that you can add. It just daisy chains into your telephone's line, just like uh, the old answering machines do. There are also flashing doorbells. Um, this one has a light built in. These are wireless uh, doorbells, by the way, so you do not have to run wiring or bring in an electrician to take care of installing it. <clears throat> this is also one that you can adjust the volume of the ring of the doorbell. And you can either choose uh, you know, a particular tone, high, low, medium, or it will do the, I believe it's called the Westminster chime, you know, where it goes up and down as it rings. Again, getting your attention the best way um, for you. And these wireless doorbell systems, generally, depending on the materials your house are, is built out of, um, generally, uh, you, they can be 80 to 100 feet from the doorbell unit. There are also kind of all-in-one systems that will alert for a variety of different things. Um, this is a system that flashes lights and shakes the bed. And it alerts for the doorbell, the telephone. Uh, it alerts for a built-in alarm clock. And then you can also get additional uh, uh, monitor pieces, say for like a baby crier. You can get a baby crier unit and sync with it so that the system goes off when the babies cry. Um, motion detector, that sort of thing. So these all-in-one units, you can have your base unit up in the bedroom, and then you can have remote units throughout the house that will also chime and flashlights. Okay, I just wanted to take a pause here and see if there were any questions about signaling devices. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, <clears throat> okay, um, somebody says educational information and family experience shows that people who are hearing challenged hide their hearing loss for many years. What can family members watch for as signs and symptoms of hearing loss? That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, generally, uh, they say that the person will wait five to seven years between the time they suspect they're having an issue to the time that they actually do something about it. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of times family members will notice things before the individual does. Um, asking for things to be repeated, um, not answering the question that was asked, answering something off topic because they misheard 
what was asked. Um, you know, do you know the time? Well, I've only got 10 cents. You know, I've only got 15 mm -hmm. cents or, you know, that kind of thing. Time, dime, those words that sound similar can change the topic of what the conversation was very easily. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's really, I found, in, and I found this in recently in, in several scenarios where the stigma of potentially having to get a hearing aid is one of these elements that even though now that the hearing aids are almost pretty much invisible, it's just, you know, we've got such an anti-aging and ageist bias that even emotionally, somebody realizing that they, they may need something like this is, is difficult to stomach. However, you know, what I always remind people of is that I'll say, do you have grandchildren? And it's sort of like, oh, well, yes. And it's sort of like, well, you want to hear what they say, right? I mean, don't think of it as a sign of aging or decline. Think of it as an opportunity to, to better interact with the people that you love around you. So um, let's see. Um, Mary Busey says, uh, this is great information for dealing with my current level of hearing loss and good to know for the future. Um, someone asks, do these work for cell phones? And I'm wondering if they're referring to the last round of devices that you were talking about. Right, the signaling systems. Yeah. Um, the ones that I have mentioned that's it, currently in the TAP program, no. Um, the TAP program is slow, uh, a little slower than the technology that's out there uh, because government red tape. You have to go through a whole process to add new things to the program. Um, but yes, there are devices out there that uh, they're like stands that you can put your cell phone on to recharge that will sense the vibration of the phone uh, and flashlights. Um, so yes, there are systems out there that can signal for your cell phone. Uh, they're not currently in the TAP program. Um, and let's see, Lina has two comments here. And one says, you didn't mention the mattress vibrator to alert the sleeping individual that the unit, unit is flashing. That's, that's good. And that's also a good, probably you could use that as an alarm clock too. Right. I did mention it real briefly. I didn't kind of expand on it. Okay. That is the bed shaker um, okay. <laughs> in that all-in-one unit. That's the doorbell, the telephone, the alarm clock. So part of that system is an optional bed shaker. And so it is literally a vibrator. <laughs> Most of them look like a big old hockey puck. And depending on how deeply you sleep, you can put it under the mattress if you're a pretty light sleeper or put it in your pillowcase if you're a pretty heavy sleeper. And anytime the system is triggered, it flashes and shakes the bed. Great. And then um, uh, Lina mentions that she has five rooms in her apartment where she's using devices like that and they work very well. Um, Lina, if if you're willing before um, before we wrap up, it would be great. Um, at the end, if if we've got time, I and you're willing, I would love for you to share uh, maybe some of your experiences with your units. 
Um, let's see, uh, another question. St Steve mentioned the pocket amplifier is very affordable. Can it be purchased if the device is needed and it's and we're not a part of your program? Um, but but is is the pocket talker part of the program? Yes, currently um, the pocket talker is included in the tap program. And um, you know, I, I know at least with Maryland Relay that to qualify for these hearing loss programs, it's not that difficult. It's basically if you have hearing loss to a point where it is difficult, where you're having challenges communicating on the phone or while watching TV or what have you, that that's enough to qualify. Is that the same for your program? Each state handles it differently. Okay. Um, in some states, they provide the equipment for free, um, you know, as long as you qualify by hearing loss and all of that. They provide the equipment for free, but if you move out of state, you have to give the equipment back to the state. Um, some states, it's a purchase program, and that's what Virginia does. So that's why they also look at your financial information. Um, so you qualify by hearing loss and financial eligibility. And the, um, but that means that if you have to move out of state, you get to take that equipment with you. Great. And then um, I, I promise it looks like we're almost done with this round of questions. Krista, but thank you everybody for all these great questions. Krista says, I've also used a doorbell button on an alerting system as a, as a caregiver call button with a bed shaker to wake a caregiver who has hearing impairment. Um, thanks for sharing that, this is great. And then our friend Gene Poole says, does the Comfort Duet have a telecoil capability? Yes, it does. Thank you for uh, mentioning that, Gene. Um, so as I mentioned before, the telecoil is generally found in a hearing aid. Um, and it is literally a coil of wire built into the hearing aid. Uh, also, also into uh, cochlear implants, by the way. Um, and that coil of wire allows it to pick up magnetic fields. So originally that was when you picked up the old fashioned telephone, it connected with the magnetic field on the earpiece to block out background noise. So with current listening systems that are out there, you can also step into that magnetic field, whether that's a loop of wire under the carpet or in the ceiling, uh, the neck loop and get that direct sound feed to the hearing aid through that coil. Now, not everybody has hearing aids. First of all, not everybody has hearing aids and not everybody has hearing aids fitted with telecoil. Um, some of the really tiny hearing aids like the in the canal and completely in the canal, they're too small for that. Um, so having a device like the pot, uh, sorry, the comfort duet it has the telecoil built in, and actually, so does the uh, Pocket Talker 2.0. The telecoil is built into this device so that you can put on the headset and pick up the, that magnetic feed. Great. Okay, that's uh, done with that, that round of questions. Thanks again for such a uh, uh, lively and interactive audience. Y'all have great questions. This is awesome. Thank you. Um, a quick uh, note about uh, the commenter who said they've used the doorbell unit. 
um, to call their caretaker. Some of the systems actually will provide extra doorbells. Um, I know one at least where it's like labeled SOS, so that if the person is trying to get the attention of their caretaker who has a hearing loss, they can push their little SOS button and it will activate the system to summon them. So that is uh, that covers the devices that are in the TAP program. It really focuses primarily on telecommunications and the signaling systems, and also giving that, you know, the pocket talker, the personal amplifier devices for those one-on-one -on -one, uh, communications. However, there's a lot more out there on the market uh, devices that you could take advantage of in the home to help you cope with hearing loss. One of the things we hear a lot about is the television. Um, one of the things that folks will notice is that the TV is getting louder and louder uh, and everybody else is like, oh my goodness, that's way too loud. There are devices that you can get that you connect to the audio out jacks of your television set. And then the individual with hearing loss can wear the headset uh, or the stethoscope um, or put the little speaker right next to them to give them more control over the volume while the general TV volume stays comfortable for everybody else in the room. These transmit information a couple different ways. Some of them use infrared light. Um, so you can hear that volume as long as you are in that room with that receiver. But if you leave the room and that infrared light can't find the receiver, you lose the sound. Others are radio frequency transmitters. So you could put on your headset and walk all over the house listening to the TV. And then of course, nowadays, some of these are Bluetooth technology. Um, so you connect it to the audio out of your TV and the headset is synced with the Bluetooth and you're good to go. Another option is folks um, can put a, an extra speaker and generally these are wireless speakers uh, right next to their, their seat and control the volume there. Uh, there's even a company that makes speakers that will sit on the back of your chair, you know, kind of, kind of, so you have the speakers right there next to your ears. And again, giving you control of that volume. So you're not blasting everybody else out of the house. Devices like the personal amplifiers can also help with the TV. So you can kind of play around and see what is out there, what fits your needs and see what's gonna work best for you. There's also a lot of alarm clocks out there. As I mentioned before, um, some of them are all in one systems that alert for different things. Some are strictly alarm clock alerts. Um, some have really loud rings. Uh, you can adjust the tone, you can adjust the volume. You can plug in a light and have it flash the lights. And of course, the bed shaker. Most of these systems, you can kind of pick and choose what's the best one thing or combination of things that is gonna wake you up in the morning. There are also travel versions of, the, of these vibrating alarm clocks. So you can set the, the uh, alarm, fold it up, put it in your pillowcase while you're traveling, 
and it will shake you awake. There are now Bluetooth bed shakers that you can take advantage of. These are devices that you can sync with your mobile phone. Generally, you buy the device and you download an app to your smartphone and you sync the devices together and then use your cell phone as the alarm clock. And the bed shaker, again, goes into your pillowcase to shake and vibrate when it's time to get up. Another really important piece of technology to consider for your home when you're dealing with folks with hearing loss is visual smoke detectors. Um, there are some programs out there, uh, county by county, that are set up specifically for folks who are deaf and hard of hearing. Uh, two that I know for sure is Fairfax County, Virginia and Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, where you can apply for a visual smoke detector through the county. Others, um, the programs vary from state to state uh, or county to county. Uh, you can certainly purchase these through specialized vendors. Sometimes you can get uh, them through Home Depot as well. But this is something really important to consider when you're dealing with a hearing loss. Cochlear implants are awesome. Hearing aids are awesome when they work during the day. But at night, most of us take them out. Most of us should take them out anyway. It's, it's better for your ears to take them off overnight. Um, gives the devices a chance to dry out as well. When we take those devices off, we're at an even greater loss. So having something that will wake you up, that will flash the lights, be really loud, possibly even shake the bed, is important to have for the home. If you know folks um, who rent their homes, as part of the Code of Virginia, it is the landlord's responsibility to provide visual smoke detectors upon request. You just have to write them a letter uh, stating that someone within the home has a hearing loss and needs a visual smoke detector for safety. It, it is then the landlord's responsibility to make sure that that gets installed. Okay, just want to make sure that you all know about that. All right, take a quick pause here and see what kind of questions we might have. Yep, uh, let's see, Gene uh, Poole. Gene, uh, you win the gold star today for the most questions and the best questions, although all the questions have been great. Um, he's just letting everybody know the Costco KS10 have built-in telecoil. Um, that's a, a hearing aid, obviously. And then, Someone says magnetic field pickup, magnetic feed telecoil, complicated but interesting. Can you explain once more or say where we can read more about this equipment that is offered this feature and benefits? Radio frequency, Bluetooth, what did you as would help with conversations and moving cars when families are on long road trips? Um, and, and they also mentioned we need those bed shakers for family and caregivers. Thank you. Sure thing. So when I talk about the telecoil, this is a piece of technology that is generally installed in hearing aids, uh, but also obviously in some other devices 
like the personal amplifiers. What it is, literally, it's, it's a very tight coil of wire that is installed in the hearing aid or the cochlear implant. And it has the ability to pick up magnetic fields. And so one of the technologies uh, is referred to as a hearing loop. So there is literally a loop of wire. And this can be installed in a meeting room under the carpet or in a meeting room in the ceiling or an individual can wear the neck loop. It's a loop of wire and it creates a magnetic field. So that loop of wire is then plugged into some kind of sound system. So that can be the PA system in the meeting room or the personal amplifier. So then anything that is set into that microphone is fed into that magnetic loop and the telecoil picks up that magnetic loop and brings the sound directly to your hearing aid. So say in a meeting room, if you're in a meeting room with one of these hearing loops installed, you go in that room, activate your telecoil, and you can hear everything said through the microphone, no matter where you are in that room. Um, okay, and then it looks like, um, Mary, there's a comment. We have many euphemisms for old. I call my hearing aids my hearing helpers. I think the term hearing aid sounds like old age to many people, thus reluctance to get them. Mary, this is awesome. And um, as many of you know, from time to time, we do discussions on ageism. And the terms that we use and the words that we use uh, are often uh, the big challenge to these devices that can uh, that can be so helpful, but I, I love how you refer to your uh, what I'm not going to call hearing aids anymore. I'm going to uh, your hearing helpers, and uh, hopefully some brilliant manufacturers will get on the same uh, on the same wavelength. Absolutely. To go back to the previous question real quick, yep. um, it was the pocket talker. So the personal amplifier was the device that I mentioned that can be helpful car trips. And Mary, you are absolutely right. Some of this language is, is outdated because hearing loss doesn't care. I've met you know kids who are 18 months old who have hearing loss um, and they wear, they wear hearing aids. Eight, hearing loss can strike at any time. You can be born with it. You can acquire it um, in so many different ways. Um, hearing aids is left over from, from language where they talked about auxiliary aids. Um, and so that, but yes, it is part of the barrier that folks, whether they get stuck on, on the terminology um, or they're just very reluctant to go ahead and try it. So yeah. So um, all right. Well, I clean. I cleared the deck there for the uh, for all the questions. So okay. uh, keep on going. Sure thing. Um, as as several of you mentioned, um, folks are using their cell phones more and more, and that's a whole nother presentation. <laughs> um, but there are so many apps out there that are available now that people can take advantage of. Um, 
many hearing aids nowadays have an app that you can download to your smartphone that let you control your hearing aids. Um, you could, you, it lets you use your cell phone as another amplifier that feeds directly to your hearing aids through a Bluetooth connection. <clears throat> there are apps that you can download to get those captioned telephone calls. So no matter where you are, you can have captions on your phone calls. For folks who use sign language, there are apps that let them connect to the video relay so that they can sign in, in American Sign Language on their phone calls in their natural language. Um, there are apps you can take advantage of for voice to text. If you, if you are really struggling to communicate with someone, pull out your phone. Um, you know, and you, well, first of all, you could type back and forth because uh, when in doubt, write it out. Um, you can type back and forth or use these voice to text apps and let the phone type it out for you. Again, they're not gonna be perfect. Um, certainly it's not what you wanna use when you are discussing really important information, but this is something that you can take advantage of to improve your communication with your friends and family. As I mentioned, there are specialized vendors that you can get this equipment through. Uh, our center has put together a list. Uh, this is just part of the list, um, but we have put together a list that we can send out to you uh, and we can help you find these vendors in your community. All of the devices that I've discussed are available vendors. So certainly you could apply through the state program or if you decide you don't wanna do that, you can go directly to a vendor to purchase these devices yourself. Uh, someone mentioned the uh, for the pocket talker or the other personal amplifiers. Generally, you can find a good quality amplifier for between $100 and $200. Um, so reasonably priced, you know, that kind of depends on what your financial situation is, but certainly they are reasonable for uh, uh, quite a few people. Our center here in Fairfax does have a demonstration room where we have a lot of different devices, um, not all the devices that I've shown you today, but certainly the devices in the technology assistance program. You can make an appointment to come into our demo room and we can sit down and talk about the situation, what challenges you're having and try some devices out. Just see what might work best for you. Um, so, you know, we love having visitors. Uh, we haven't had them in a while of course, uh, but we do enjoy having folks come and check things out. So get in touch with us. We'd love to help you out. And which kind of comes to the end of my presentation. Uh, it looks like we've got a couple more. Uh, yeah, and okay. let's see here. Oh, uh, yes. Krista says, um, there is also a nationwide program for telecommunication equipment for people with combined vision and hearing loss, deafblind, yes. called I Can Connect. It covers not only telephone equipment, but also internet communication equipment, including braille keyboards. Um, Krista, I, ironically, we were talking about this right before the program today. We really need to do a um, discussion just like this one for low vision. And so uh, it sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable in this area. But um, if you don't mind sending me an email to steve at proaging.com 
I think it would be great to get the ICANN Connect people on for a discussion and learn more about that program. Um, that would be great. Thanks for sharing that resource with our audience. And that's and then, a great program. Um, I've worked with some of the ICANN Connect folks because I do work with deafblind uh, individuals as well. Um, and it's, it's a really great resource for folks. Great. Um, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we provide some support with um, for the um, for the low vision people of which I'm one. Uh, I'm legally blind in one eye. The uh, okay, and then uh, the last question that I've got here it says, um, "Are you familiar with the new Hear Helper <laughs> uh, des designed and developed because we can hear with our brains?" and process sounds with our brains, but not with our ears. These new hearing helpers are designed to work with cell phones, so the hearing helper sounds more natural and does not sound and feel like a small microphone in our ears. It is our understanding that these hearing aid helpers are, are a small computer in each ear that presently may be expensive. Just wondering if anybody's heard about these. I have not heard about that one specifically, um, you are correct. We hear with our brains and not our ears. Um, you know, these things on the sides of our heads are just there to collect all those sounds that we hear and work them through the hearing mechanism. Um, there's a lot of, of factors in being able to hear correctly. Um, so a lot depends on what kind of hearing loss you have. Is it conductive versus sensory neural? Um, and where along that hearing mechanism the problem is happening. So there are some technologies um, that are helpful for those mild to moderate hearing losses that are really being developed right now. As I mentioned, I haven't heard of that specific one, um, but thank you for letting me know about that. I'll have to look into it. Great. All right, well, we are past one. We got through all the questions. Uh, another great program. Debbie, thanks so much. I did record Thank this you. so folks can share it. Um, and then Debbie, I'll make sure to share your contact information with everybody. Please do. Um, you know, if anyone would like, um, uh, if anybody would like a um, copy of the slideshow, uh, please get in touch. Okay, and then also uh, Melissa just jumped in and she said, do you know if any other states, Maryland, DC or West Virginia have demonstration rooms like yours? Um, you would have to contact the program directly. Um, some of them have specialists that take equipment out to show people and others have a center where you can go and take a look at things. Great, and then uh, it, whenever I say it's over, this is when all the questions come in. Uh, Linus says, I've been wearing hearing aids or hearing helpers for 25 years. I went to university at age 50, had difficulty hearing lectures. I knew before attending that I had hearing loss and this situation encouraged me to do something about it. Three years later, I discovered I had a, an acoustic neuroma in my right ear and its remo removal severed my hearing nerve in my right ear. Following this, I ended up with bi-cross hearing aids. Improvement to the devices have since then given the new technology to hearing aid and the bi-cross under our government program 
and a Bluetooth with a neck wire loop control unit which controls by my iPhone. Absolutely mar marvelous. The government has also given me uh, five light units as displayed in your, oh, five light units as displayed in your program. That's, this is awesome, uh, Lynn. And um, yeah, Melissa uh, says she lives in a more rural area. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately the demonstration projects are probably a little bit more um, located in urban settings. Um, Actually, okay. in Virginia, um, there are outreach specialists for each region of Virginia. And so even, you know, for Southwest Virginia, there are outreach specialists that work with the state office that can help you find out about this equipment. Great. And uh, Krista says each state has an assistive technology project, which does demos. And um, here I'm going to drop this whole comment into chat and uh, we record the chat. Um, as well with the recording. So that way everybody will have this after the fact as well. So thank you, Krista. She provided a link to these um, to these programs. Uh, again, what a wonderful discussion. And um, we look forward to seeing you all at the, at the next discussion and following up shortly. Thank you all so much for this opportunity to talk with you. You bet, thanks.